Now, it's the Columbia Check-In with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. Good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning, Liz. I hope you guys had a great 4th of July. It was a little wet. Yes. But it dried out at the end. It seemed like fireworks were going off everywhere in Horry County. So that was a good thing. <laughs> well, yeah, we also had a, a really, really uh, crazy tropical uh, whatever it was come, come, come ashore with all that lightning. We had a lot of fires and strikes. We talked a lot about that in the beginning of the week. Um, but it got me thinking about hurricane season. Lieutenant Governor, and you know this area very well. Um, And uh, I was wondering, with all the increased uh, population here, are the plans for evacuation, God forbid, we must do it like we did for Dorian, comes along. Are we going to be uh, tweaking those plans? The, you know, because uh, we have the same amount of roadways and like triple the amount of people. Yes, you're absolutely right. And, you know, Christy Hall and our department of EMD, they work really hard to try to figure out good routes. I mean, I know we can go back and forth on this and it's, it's a, it's about a 50, 50 split issue in Horry County, but that's why so many people were for I-73 because it provided alternate routes out of the coast. You know, the same thing with trying to widen I-26 out of Charleston and, and add additional roadways is to try to take this increased volume of traffic and get it away from the coastline. Mm-hmm. But that's a, it's a really good point you bring up. You know, I hope everybody out there that lives in this beautiful part of our state uh, is getting prepared, making sure, you know, that they have enough supply of medicine. Always make sure you're keeping that on hand. So if a storm pops up quickly, you know, we're not bombarding um, our CVS, Walgreens, Walmart pharmacies trying to, to get that through because they can only work so fast. Making sure that you're prepared with wood, making sure that you know where all your important documents are, um, you know, just things like that. And if you don't have that done or, or you're new to the area, right, we have a lot of people moving to our coast, um, you can reach out to EMD. They have a booklet with a checklist of all the things you should keep uh, kind of in front of your mind to make sure that now we're sitting in hurricane season, hey, I have all this stuff put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for people, you know, we have an aging population here. And uh, when the governor, Henry McMaster, was lieutenant governor, he used to be uh, heading up the Department of Aging. And I interviewed him so many times about it. And he would talk about a great tsunami in this area. And that has come to fruition, uh, the fact that we have a lot of people retiring here. Um, and so there are a lot of people that don't have... Um, you know, the means to uh, get themselves out of here. So the I know that there is a critical needs uh, transportation plan out there or a cr- critical transportation needs plan, uh, you know, and that is going to be so important uh, when we have an aging population as well. So if people need to find out, I know the state has an emergency department uh, that yeah. people can contact, and we are in the middle of hurricane season. And I think last weekend was a wake-up call. Uh, I, I think a lot of us were, like, shocked when the storm came, because we've been kind of like in a lull, you know, yes, since Dorian. We've been very lucky. We've mm-hmm. been we've been lucky. Um, but, you know, I, this brings up a really good point that I talk about on so many issues. We, we have to, as a community, watch out for each other. And I think really here in South Carolina, we do that, right? We're a very Christian uh, state. We're very Christian communities. Is watching out for our neighbors and making sure that if we have an elderly neighbor that 
maybe doesn't have family close by, that if, if, if an event like that happens, how do we reach out to our neighbor and make sure that they're safe? I think it's, it's important for us to, to watch out for each other. You know, the governor likes to talk about we got a six-foot bed and a four-foot blanket. And what fills that gap is our faith community. It is each other, taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. It's our nonprofits. And so, you know, we have a really great plan. I think we've seen it so many times. We've been able to get people away from the coast when weather incidents happen. Christy Hall has done a great job reversing lanes where mm-hmm. lanes needed to be reversed, where we, you know, nobody's coming in, everybody's going out, and we're using all of our resources. And between Highway Patrol and DPS and uh, SCDOT, we really uh, conduct that like a well-trained orchestra. And so I'm very proud of what we've done here in South Carolina and how we've been able to really safely get people out. But when you get down to that level that you're talking about, you know, it's, it's us watching out for each other. Absolutely. And if you need more information about knowing your zone and evacuation and all that, all the updated information is on hurricane.sc. Uh, something else that I want to talk to you about, and we're speaking with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett, is about the, the House convenes today in the state. And uh, the heartbeat bill is a main topic of, of uh, conversation, of course. Uh, you know, we just saw that governor in um North Carolina, he's trying to shore up and protect abortion rights in his state. What's going to go on in our state? What do you see happening? So, you know, the governor and I, we are very pro-life, and we have been very unapologetic of our stand on that. So here in South Carolina, we value all life. Uh, The heartbeat bill is the rule of the land. I'm glad I connected you and Dave Wilson. I knew he had a great cheat sheet white paper that I was reading uh, to kind of cuts through to the chase of really the the, the heart of the heartbeat That's bill. Right. Oh, no pun intended, but yeah, that was kind of interesting. But uh, <laughs> he, um, but you know, so uh, you know, a lot of those questions are going to come to be. You know, they're going to talk a, a little bit more in depth about kind of like we talked about, like abortion pills and drugs that are be given that are given over the phone, which. As a woman, as a mother, mm. um, I think is horrific. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we would administer drugs that somebody could use at home that could cause them to hemorrhage or worse mm. is not good quality health care for women. I mean, so when you're talking about women's health, women should be appalled that this is, this is what's happening. I mean, a good chunk of abortions across our nation, my understanding is, happen that way. Um, so, you know, that is going to be up for debate. The Ad Hoc House Committee uh, is meeting today. I'm on my way down to Columbia. Uh, It's my intent to go and sit into that meeting uh, this afternoon and kind of hear what's being discussed. And they're going to look at how should we tweak um, the heartbeat bill. You know, the heartbeat bill was written when Roe v. Wade was the law of the land. Mm -hmm. And now it is not. And so what do we have to change? So we didn't have have a trigger. We didn't have a trigger bill. We did not have a trigger. Mm -hmm. No, we did not. There was something they tried to put into place at the end of session. There wasn't enough time to get it through. Um, So, but the good thing was that the heartbeat bill had passed and was signed into law. And so the challenges that Planned Parenthood had against that law, because they said it was going against Roe v. Wade, the good thing was, is uh, the attorney general, uh, his office filed a motion to say, okay, you know, release our law because Roe v. Wade is and brought back down to the states. Now the states had the power to, you know, to make their own law. And so uh, that's why the heartbeat bill now became the law of the land, 
is because that was granted and we had a law in the books. We didn't have a trigger law, uh, but we did have this, which was good. And now today um, in South Carolina, uh, once a heartbeat is detected, you're no longer eligible for abortion. And, you know, Joe Cunningham, I uh, don't like to say his name a whole lot. He's our opponent uh, on the Democrat ticket. Him talking about how, you know, Henry, uh, you know, he likes to say Henry, that the governor has made abortion illegal here in South Carolina. That is a lie, right? Hmm. I mean, the heartbeat bill is as horrific as that is to some of us, right? That you can still receive an abortion. We've definitely limited um, how many can be done here in our state. So, uh, you know, trying to incite people, trying to talk about this as women's health care, but I think we have to have real dialogue when we talk about this subject. If we're talking about women's health care, then as women, we should want the best health care. Mm-hmm. What Planned Parenthood has tried to do over the years is take a procedure and continue to make it more dangerous because they're allowing it later into the pregnancy. They're trying to get doctors eliminated from the process hospitals eliminated from the process. Mm-hmm. That's not good health care. And, and pregnancy crisis centers. Elizabeth Warren, yeah. we just played a clip. She wants uh, pregnancy crisis centers to be eliminated out of the equation. She says every time they go there, it's a bait and switch. They convince you to keep your baby. That is completely not true. We have spoken uh, many times to uh, Carter and Jeannie Smith with uh, Coastline Women's Center that's uh, in Conway and Myrtle Beach. And they have said, listen, we tell them, we, we show them the baby, we offer a sonogram, we tell them their options, we pray that they decide to keep their baby, and we provide them with all the help they need for the first three years um, if, you know, when they decide to keep their baby. But of course, we don't force them to keep their baby. It's still up to them. And they can, and if they go and get an abortion afterwards, you know, um, you know, they tried everything they could to give that person the facts to make their decision. What they, that person ultimately decides is really up to them at the, at the moment. Now, you know, we're talking about this heartbeat bill. And my question uh, to you is, is something I can't uh, really ascertain just yet. What happens if a person gets an abortion from a doctor somewhere here in South Carolina or a midwife, uh, you know, which is, you know, an oxymoron in so many ways. But what if somebody does uh, get an abortion after the heartbeat is heard? Um, is, is who's at fault? Will doctors be penalized? And I mean, I've read, you know, you know, a couple of years of imprisonment, $10,000 fine, but who is that on the doctor or the, the mother? Well, at this point it's on the doctor. And I think what, what could happen would you lose your license, right? Cause now you're doing a procedure that is illegal. Um, especially, you know, after the heartbeat, but, but I want to back is up. it considered murder? I don't think that criminal element is in there, but they can lose their license. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's something that they'll be talking about even more today. Representative McCravey um, will be talking about that. I think we have to, you know, doctors have reached out. I've gotten a lot of emails from doctors, actually, not e- phone calls. And so I think what doctors are worried about is how do you have protection for doctors? Like, too, if a mother is, is, is dying if a procedure has to be done. So I think there'll be a lot of discussion on how do we give doctors the ability to do what's best for somebody in a critical situation where time is of the essence, but not allow so much wriggle room that somebody can, you mm-hmm. know, this is a very complex issue. And that's oh, why yeah. I think it's good that there's dialogue on it. 
I think that's what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're not, we're not scaring doctors into practicing medicine either, right? Yeah, you know, because the heartbeat bill. It, it's like a cop, you know, they're carrying a gun. And yeah. we have seen cops accidentally make mistakes that are deadly um, for other, you know, people, whether it's someone they're chasing or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and that it could be a mistake. You know, they didn't mean to do that, but they're carrying a gun. OK. And so, yeah. you know, based on the facts and the feelings and the, and the adrenaline at the moment, you know, there could be a situation where a mother is is, you know, her life is at risk and they, they have the ability to to do it, an abortion. And they decide that that's the best thing for the mother at the moment. Um, and and then what they, they you know, it's a, it is so complicated. It really is. Um, and then well, you don't want that doctor to make a decision and say, well, I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble, so I'm going to err on the side of letting her keep the baby. And then the next thing you know, the mother dies, God forbid. And then I what? Know. So it, it well, is scary. And, you know, what I, what I hope for, and Liz, you and I have talked about this before, we have to all get out of being armchair quarterback, mm-hmm. right? What the, the, it, it, <laughs> You know, whether we're watching a football game, whether we're reading a newscast, it's like you said, we see these things that happen with our law enforcement, somebody has a split second to make a mm-hmm. decision that can yeah. save their life. And, and, but we have the luxury of being able to watch it 400 times over mm-hmm. and decide what we would do. And I think we have to get back to being able to realize that you have to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And if you can't, then you probably shouldn't comment. Right. But in this world of social media, where we're all armchair quarterbacks, everybody wants to give their opinion. I, we unfairly judge. And I think um, you, you hit it on the head. We want to make sure that we're allowing doctors to do what they're trained to do mm-hmm. um, without, you know, without being afraid. And so, you know, right now in the heartbeat bill, you know, again, our opponent likes to talk about how women are going to die. And if you have a topic pregnancies, they won't be able to, yeah, you know, you'll, that's not true. you'll, doctors will let you die. None of that is true. Mm-hmm. And I really wish, I really wish our media would start publicly calling that out because what, what we've allowed to happen through the media is we've allowed a whole generation of not just girls, right? Of mm-hmm. girls and boys to be raised with lies, mm-hmm. to be, to be told there's no other way, you know, thank you. Um, to Carter and Jeannie. I love Carolina Pregnancy Center or Coastline Pregnancy Center. We have a lot. Everything begins with the C. Carolina Pregnancy Center, <laughs> yes. Coastal Pregnancy Center. Ah, and I've tried to visit all of them mm-hmm. to shine a light on the good work they're doing. Yeah. And, what, and what, what Warren is not telling you is that when you, when a mother sees her baby in the womb, most of them will change their mind. Because they've been led to think that this is not a real human being. We saw those horrific pictures of the pregnant woman in D.C. Mm-hmm. looking like she's eight or nine months pregnant, saying this is not yet a human. It is. <laughs> it has nerve endings. It has a heart. It has fingers. Of it does. It's sucking its thumb. Like, when they see that, because the lie has been, this is a cluster of cells that, for, mm-hmm. some, they, for some reason, they don't think until it takes its first breath, really can even move or think or feel. Mm-hmm. We've really desensitized people to yeah. what humanity is, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a shame. But I thank them for what they're doing. And what I thought was the, the statistic that I take away, and I hope I get the number right, so I'm going to kind of go general. In the high 80s, when a woman sees an ultrasound, she will change her mind on abortion. 
But in the 90s, when a father wow. sees an ultrasound, Interesting. will change his mind on abortion. And I know that Carter and Judy can give you a, a... But it's in the 90s. But doesn't that tell you something? Like how really seeing truth changes people's minds and hearts? Mm. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to change anything is to change their hearts. You know, Lieutenant Governor, before we run out of time, we have a question for you on the PCRX uh, mobile outfitters text line. Oh, I just had we also had Russell Fry just uh, text in, too, and he said he was confirming the doctor's the one that gets in trouble. So wanted to pass that information along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we said that. that, Uh, Thank you, Russell. Russell was very instrumental in that. You know, all of your legislators in Oregon County did such a great job of fighting for the heartbeat bill. They did all of them did a great job. All right. Question for the lieutenant governor on the PCRX Mobile Outfitters text line. I I think we may have touched on this earlier, but maybe you have new information. Do we currently in South Carolina have a law against what they call Zuckerbucks? Yes, we do. Okay. So that's what I thought. We had election integrity law that was passed. Thank God, it almost got killed in the Senate. Can you imagine? Um, but uh, got resurrected, got passed. There cannot be third-party dollars that go to any local election office, and we saw that in the 2020 election, where money came into the Charleston area, Zuckerbuck. Right? Um, we don't want that. If that cannot be done now here in the state of South Carolina. So, you know, we have to make sure that we make it easier to vote and harder to cheat mm-hmm. here in South Carolina. All right. We have another question for you. Yes. Hi, uh, Max, the intern here. I I saw something on your Twitter several days ago about the Healthy Business Challenge uh, that launched in the upstate of South Carolina. And I was curious what specifically... Uh, does that challenge entail, and in what ways will Im- improve the functioning and success of our local businesses? So the Healthy Business Challenge started out in Charleston in unison with uh, South Carolina Blue Cross and Blue Shield, MUSC. And we've seen through COVID, Max, how important it is for our employees to stay healthy, not just physically but mentally. Something that I was always sad that wasn't touched more upon uh, was the obesity, the factor that that brought in to a negative outcome was COVID, right? People that, the latest statistics that I've read, um, people that are obese, 10 times more likely to have an adverse outcome when dealing with COVID. But it doesn't just stop there, Max. It's heart disease, it's diabetes, it's stroke, it's all those chronic illnesses uh, that we get by not exercising, by eating unhealthy. I mean, we all love fried chicken. I'm sure we all had some of it this weekend. But it's knowing that you can't eat that every day. Um, and so what, we're, what we want businesses to do is promote exercise, eating right. Like when you have healthy employees, then you have a stable workforce. And so it's just kind of a bringing that message uh, and having our employers talk to their people about that, right? Like, nobody wants to listen to government. Nobody wants to listen to, half the time, wants their doctors. But we always believe as Republicans, you're best changing hearts and minds when you're closest to the people you're talking to. And somebody that works for you is with you probably five days a week, could be more, 40 hours a week, could be more. You know them. You know their family. You know what they're dealing with. People trust people that are closest to them. So what we're trying to do is get that message out uh, to businesses to say, hey, let's get an exercise plan 
let's do competitive in the office. If you have to lose weight, uh, if you have a lot of people who think they want, come up with like a healthy challenge within your office. Everybody encouraging everybody, everybody working together. Kind of that spirit of South Carolina that we were talking about when it came to protecting your neighbor when it came to hurricanes. How do we do that at the level that are closest to the people? So we kicked it off in green. We kicked it off probably eight months ago in Charleston, and that program was so um, well embraced in Charleston that they are expanding it all around our state. So I'm happy to do that with them. Get out and walk. Pick up some trash, right, Liz? Yes. Get on the beaches. Absolutely. Pick up some trash. Yeah. Log in those steps. Yeah. Get healthy. Absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, there are lots of beach cleanups going on in the community and people can find out about those uh, locally for sure. And also, once again, that website is hurricane.sc if you're interested in finding out more information about preparedness for hurricanes. Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great weekend.